I was pretty bored with life around the time when I ran into TA, and I was already 54 years old. Psychoanalysis did not arouse any passion in me, but transactional analysis became my passion. And do you think that it is your passion for TA and passion for helping people that has enabled you to be so vital? Yes, yes. And that got me excited. And I think that helps me uh, live longer or at any rate enjoy my life more. This is Three People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others. Co-hosted by John Fleming and myself, Matt Taylor. In this episode, we speak with Fenita English, who is a teaching and supervising transactional analyst in the psychotherapy field. Fenita is also an author, psychoanalyst, group analyst and TA elder who last year received the ITAA Lifetime Achievement Award at the incredible age of 104. She shares with us her introduction to TA, which was not so long after TA came into existence, her experience of using TA in comparison with psychoanalysis, and also some of her thoughts on vitality and her theory on the three motivators. We are so thrilled to be able to bring this very special episode to you. So, Fanita, maybe you could start off by introducing yourself to our listeners. Uh, maybe a little bit about your role in the TA community, just to start. Okay, well, my name is Fanita English, and I've been um, a TA uh, person since 1964. And I now was given, I'm very proud of that, the uh, Fanita English certificate, which they established for a uh, meaningful life or something like that. So, um, I've been quite active in running TA groups in the United States and in uh, Europe, also in Germany, in France, in Italy, and so on. Not in England. Well, I did do one or two in England with friends, but, but that was exceptional. Ah, interesting. So, you have taught in England. Well, I have taught in England, I taught one little presentation on rapids and racketeering. Excellent. There was a group organized by Sills, Charlotte Sills. Oh, yes. Oh, very good. So, um, it's up to you. Is there anything you would like to ask or find out? Yes. I suppose, really, Finita, we'd like to start off by exploring some of your history in the TA community. Um, so, obviously, Matt and I know a little bit about you, but we've never spoke to you directly like this yes. before. So we would love to hear from your perspective how it all began. We understand that you were training to be a psychoanalyst, and then something happened, and you sparked an interest in transactional analysis. So maybe you could tell us some of those early days for you when you first learned about TA, met Eric Byrne, your relationship with him. These would all be things that people would be really interested to hear. Well, uh, I, I can really focus more on myself uh, and Eric Byrne. I read his uh, first book, which was um, TA, Transactional Analysis in Psychotherapy, 
and was fascinated by it. I had been, I was a psychoanalyst at the time, and I was very discouraged with my work in psychoanalysis, which I later on summarized as uh, really consisting of racketeering, but I saw that later from a transactional analysis position. Interesting. That really they were bored women coming in for strokes, willing to pay a good amount of their husband's money for getting strokes about how hard their lives are, which, of course, they were not. Right. They were just bored. Okay. Uh, and wanting strokes. Uh, yes. So I found my work, I found that very boring. I didn't uh, formulate it this way at the time. It was later with TA that I saw that this was a sort of a racketeering process. Uh, but after reading Eric Burns' book on TA in psychotherapy, I was fascinated and attended a workshop by David Kupfer, who is not well rem not remembered sufficiently now because he didn't leave anything, didn't air right. He left a lot of tapes behind, but unfortunately these were his tapes that are no longer being used, so I don't know. But his biography is on volume two of the Transactional Analysis Bulletin. Ah. David Kupfer was really my mentor and taught me TA. Of course, it was conceptualized, however, by Eric Byrne. Yeah. So these were the early days of TA, 1964, approximately, around that time. And uh, there were a few other people who were part of Eric Byrne's group. Yes. And Eric Byrne ran a seminar in San Francisco. Of course, I lived in Chicago, so I didn't attend the seminar, but I attended the yearly conferences. Ah. And as I said, I, I ran workshops in the uh, United States and then in uh, Germany, France, Italy, uh, and other places too. So you were a pioneer in European transactional yes, analysis? Yes, yes. I brought TA to Germany and uh, participated in TA to France. Somebody else had started. Yeah. And uh, also participated in uh, TA in England. In Italy, not in Italy. In England, I didn't think would... I mean, England couldn't afford to pay me the rates. <laughs> <laughs> because they could get people from America, all English-speaking. Other countries... Uh, were willing to pay my slightly higher rates because I spoke the languages. Ah, so you're multilingual. Yes, yes. So I could present TA in Germany, and that's how I brought TA to Germany, and in France also. And as I said, I was not the first one in France, but I certainly contributed. Wonderful. And mm. the same in Italy. Brilliant. And Danita, so from your perspective... How did folks become interested in TA, and what are you doing now? That's a good question. John and I are both students, currently. Yes. So we are both studying psychotherapy, and educational, and organizational. Oh. So we're very committed, in many ways. Good. 
Yes. 
my mother gave me a copy of that to read when I was a teenager. Yes. yes. And that certainly gives you the idea. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to ask or mention? I would love to ask you, actually, about one of my favorite theories in TA is your theory on the motivators. On motivators? Yes. Oh, there's the three theories. Oh, yes. <clears throat> These are general motivators in our unconscious. And I've given them mythical names as though they're goddesses influencing us. The way the Greeks thought of goddesses influencing us. Yeah. Olympus. I think of them as influencing us out of our unconscious. Yeah. And I call them Servia, Pasha, and Transia. They had other names. As I developed the theory, I used other names. I even originally used Disney names like Servi Spanky and uh, <laughs> so on. But these are the final names that I've settled on, and I'll yeah. summarize them. The first one is Servia. It's the, whatever drives us to concern ourselves with our physical well-being. Yeah. Uh, well, Servia might be influencing us when we're about our choices of food or our choices of uh, location or, you know, um, bodily comforts yeah. or our choices of education. So Servia is practical for every day, for our everyday life. That's the first one. Second one is Pasha, which stands for passion. And yeah. that's what gives meaning to our lives. And this is a topic, or uh, it can be a person, but it can be a love person, uh, which is why Burns sort of sex, but that's not only sex. It's any kind of idea of concept that passionates us. For instance, yeah. Madame Curie was passionated about her work with radium yeah. and was willing to give up her life because she caught cancer as a result and continued to work at that yeah. because it, she was so passionate about that. Yeah. And though she had already won a, a Nobel Prize, but she still wanted to continue working on radioactivity. Yeah. Uh, so that's Tasha. And the third is called Transha for transcendence, yeah. which is everything from uh, whatever is above and beyond everyday life. Uh, for instance, all the way from sleeping, the need for sleep or the need for relaxation, to the need for to religious needs or whatever, anything that gets us transcends everyday reality. That's why it's trans. So I'll repeat, the one, first one is Surya serves our physical needs. Uh, you can spell Surya with an E or with a U, either right. way. <laughs> Surya, then Pasha, which is passion, meaning whatever has lends meaning to our lives. And the third is Transya, transcendence, which helps us get out of things. It's all the way from sleep, relaxing, to uh, religious feelings or whatever. Yeah. So, Fanita, could I ask you, I work with my wife, who is a physical therapist, 
and we often work with elderly clients and I sometimes talk to them about their vitality. Yes. And I wondered how, for yourself, you have obviously lived a very long life and it seems full of passion. Yes. How those theories have worked and how those three motivators have worked with you and your resilience? Well, that's, very, that's a very good question. And actually, I was pretty bored with life around the time when I ran into TA, and I was already 54 years old at the time. And I was earning good money, and we needed the money, and that was useful, but I was not enjoying my work. Yeah. I was getting very, very bored with repetitive complaints of my clients yeah. who really only wanted strokes and sympathy for what they suffered, which was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, so psychoanalysis did not arouse any passion in me, but transactional analysis became my passion because I found the work exciting because... I like to start out working with contracts, with figuring out what it is we want to work with and what it is we want to resolve, rather than just sitting around complaining. Yeah. And became, and transactional analysis became very important for my passion. And that's because I was already 54 years old. And after that, I really enjoyed my work tremendously until to the year 2010 when I had an accident and became confined to my wheelchair. And then I continued working some of the time from my wheelchair, but then with the COVID and everything had to stop that too. Yeah. So I'm, now I try to be to spend more time in trance, just relax and sleep and <laughs> do, do next to nothing. So looking after your body. Yeah. And do you think that it is your passion for TA and passion for learning about people and helping people that has enabled you to be so vital? Yes, yes. And that got me excited. And I think that helps me uh, live longer or at any rate enjoy my life more. I mean, I'm not excluding my other life. For instance, uh, my wonderful daughter. Yeah. Uh, but um, but just focusing on my my daughter would not suffice. Have been enough, or I could have been a real pain for her. Yeah. So transactional analysis and my work in that field became uh, the central point of my life. Great. At some point, you can find some ideas or some way of working or being or loving or changing or doing whatever you do that excites you. Maybe your word to use is excites you. Yes. And passion. And yes. that meaning gives meaning to our life in addition to other everyday meanings, you know. Yes. That are important too. So that, I think, contributes to a longer life, psychologically. And do you think that that passion and that interest in TA has also 
helped sustain your physical body. Yes, I think it did, yes. Interesting. Because that's something that I'm really interested in, in supporting our clients at the physiotherapy clinic, but also yes. my elderly clients for psychotherapy. Yes, absolutely. So helping people find their passion. Yes, it's a very good contract, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really helpful. Pointing out to them that without that, it's a little harder to live because life becomes boring. Yes, and you sound like you, because of your your mind being able to speak three or four languages, sounds like you might get easily bored. Why? Because of the languages? No, because you have so many interests and your mental capacity seems large. Well, it was, yes, it was, and I had to use it. But, I mean, there are all kinds of other factors that operate. I don't know. I think certainly genes. I mean, my mother lived a long life, too. Did she? Yeah. How old was she? 107. Oh, that's pretty good. You see, I'm 104 now. Yes, that's amazing. But it's time for me to leave very soon. And how how do you... Um, the topic of existentialism and your time here, what are your thoughts at the moment about I, that idea? I am of quite comfortable. I'm not a religious person. Yeah. But I'm quite comfortable with whatever may happen later on. I believe that science has some kind of an answer, and yeah. I can, we can spend time talking about that, but I don't have the time right now. Yeah. But I'm quite comfortable with the, the, the idea of this, you see? Yeah. And so you don't, you don't believe in a spiritual side of life, or...? Not the way people phrase it. Yeah. I'm quite comfortable about right. that. That's fantastic. Uh, I compare death more to uh, the waves on the ocean. Life is, represents the waves, and at a certain point the wave settles down and dies, but there are other waves. Yeah. It's a little bit comparable to the Buddha's the Buddhist concept, but I'm not Buddhist either. Yeah. And how do you uh, feel about your contribution to the TA community? That? Do you feel proud of that? Well, it's, it's a nice community. I can't say it's terrific, but it's nice. It's comfortable. Yeah. It meets my surgeon needs. Yeah. So it's very nice talking with you, and I wish you well, and you sound as though you're on, on the path of doing some very exciting work. Thank you. Yeah. We're really grateful for your time. You're very welcome. Bye. Matt and I would like to say a special thank you to Finita for her time. We treasure the conversation we had with her. We would also like to say a special thank you to Finita's daughter Deirdre, who we've been in contact with to organise this episode. Following on from the recording, Deirdre shared this reflection with us. She is 104 and a half. 
it's great she can still impact some of her wisdom. She sometimes tells a joke that goes like this. What is the most valuable thing in the world that you spend a lifetime gathering up? But once you have it, you can't give it away. Answer. Experience. Deirdre goes on to say, I'm glad that in this case you've enabled her to give away some of her most precious possession. As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website, which has lots of information and TA resources, transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at threepeopleinyourhead@gmail.com at gmail.com using the number three rather than the word. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Thank you.